Made Visible helps people with invisible illnesses feel seen and heard. It provides a platform for people who seem fine but aren't to share their experiences. It also helps to create a new awareness of how we can be sensitive and supportive to those with invisible illnesses. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Made Visible. I'm your host, Harper Spiro, and I'm so glad you tuned in today. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online counseling service that matches you with a licensed professional therapist. Today's guest is someone who was requested as a guest by many of our listeners, so I was really excited to make this episode happen. Elisa VP is the founder of FlowLiving.com and really, truly owns the women's hormone space, so I'm excited to talk to her about it. Welcome, Elisa. Hi, Harper. I'm so happy to be here. And thank you to all of you who requested me to be on the show. I'm so honored and very happy to be chatting with you today. So excited to be chatting with you. It's been a while since we've been in touch. The company that I was working for before I started my business produced your book launch party, Woman Code. What year was that? Oh my gosh. Was that 2013? Wow. Wow. That's crazy. It's funny. And now, you know, it's the little book that could. Now, Woman Code has just been this perennial women's health bestseller. And I'm just so proud that this is a book that women keep discovering, keep finding encouragement from. It's great because we need it. It's great that there's a resource that's helpful because we need it because we are not getting the support that we need in so many areas of healthcare, but definitely women's specific issues are even less supported than others. So that makes me happy. Yes, absolutely. So let's start. Tell us a little bit about who you are where you're from and what you do. Big question. Big question. Uh, well, y'all know what I, who I am. I'm Elisa Vitti, the founder of flowliving.com. And what I do is uh, take my training in women's hormones and integrative nutrition and uh, chronobiology, and I help women really address the root causes of their hormonal issues. And what Flow Living does is it's the first, really an only um, modern hormonal healthcare company that takes care of women globally, something I'm very proud of. Uh, We don't just take care of, let's say, the wellness 1%. We take care of women in every continent. And we help women really get that support that they need outside of their GYN visits, right? You know, you go to the gynecologist, and you, let's say, come out with a diagnosis of what we're talking about today, you know, are these sort of like, I have called them in the past sort of gynecological castaway conditions. I've called them that in woman code. But today we can call them uh, invisible menstrual illnesses because for a lot of us with PCOS or fibroids or endometriosis or PMDD, you know, there's no outward sign typically that any of this is going on inside of you. So that's one way that it's invisible. Another way that it's invisible is that it gets no research, no funding, no support from, you know, the medical community. So when you go to the gynecologist and you have a diagnosis of one of these issues, you're basically given no support. You're told you could take the birth control pill, uh, if a surgical procedure is a possibility, that's delayed as long as possible 
because of scar tissue that might interfere with your fertility, or you're told that you're maybe imagining your pain uh, and keep in mind that diagnoses of things like endometriosis, PCOS, fibroids take as much as seven years. So you'll be going into your doctor complaining for seven years. You won't be taken seriously and sent home to suffer in silence. And so, you know, we believe that um, why Flow Living exists is because we want women to have a place to go to, to get information, to get education about their conditions and to get the actual support that has been well studied to show that changing food, changing supplements, changing lifestyle does have a profound effect on the hormonal system and can really put an end to the vast majority of symptoms. So that's kind of in a nutshell what we do and why we do it. Which is so amazing and to your point, so important because no one else is owning this space. So let's take it back a little bit as to why you started this business because of your own personal health. So Tell me a bit about your PCOS story and the hormonal collapse you experienced. When did that start? How did it affect your life? When were you diagnosed? Yeah, I'm not only the president, but I'm also a client, right? (laughs) So for me, I got into this work really because of what happened to me personally. I mean, I I was planning to become an OBGYN. That was my plan. I went to Hopkins. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. That was interesting to me. And then as I was there as an undergrad, I started experiencing sort of like the apex, the worst of all my symptoms, which had begun as young as 12, you know, and so I was just not developing properly. Um, My period was massively delayed. I didn't get my first period until I was almost 16, a few months shy of turning 16. Between the ages of 12 and 22, when you're supposed to be getting your period pretty regularly, I got my period a total of six times. And a couple of those were chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. And anyone who's ever done that knows it's a pretty unpleasant experience. And no one had any answers for me. No one knew why this was happening. I was you know, having other physical symptoms of weight gain and acne and anxiety and depression. And those things got progressively worse. I, you know, was over 200 pounds at my heaviest. My, it was covered face, chest, and back in severe acne that would take me like a half an hour in the morning. To, I would use um, prescriptives under eye concealer to cover, I would call it spackling my entire face because regular foundation did not cover these welts that were all over me. And my ability to function day to day in my life was severely impacted. Like I had such bad insomnia, then I couldn't wake up in the morning, then my anxiety and my depression were just like really ruling everything. So physically, I felt terrible. Emotionally, I felt terrible. And I would go to the gynecologist religiously and was just told that like, there's no connection here sorry, you know, that your weight is one thing, your skin is another thing, there's no connection, your moods, you know, that's just your problem. And your period like, oh, well, it's normal to be irregular, we can put you on the pill. Nobody was taking this as a sort of looking at it together synergistically and saying, gee, there's something, she's having like a metabolic hormonal crisis here. What is going on? And luckily, I was at Hopkins, so I was able to access lots of great medical journals. And in one of my insomniacal, sleepless nights, I was in the library uh, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I guess I've just always been a researcher (laughs) by nature. So I was reading, reading, and it was in an obstetrics journal that I found a reference to the original name for PCOS, 
which was Stein-Leventhal syndrome. And it described sort of what this was all about. And, you know, all the bells were ringing Harper, like, this is me, this is exactly my experience of my life. So I, I brought it to my gynecologist the next morning, I didn't have an appointment. I literally waited for her in the parking lot and she was a little scared. And uh, I was like, why is my patient creepily standing here? What's going on? I was like, hey, um, (laughs) you need to give me a couple of tests that we haven't done. So we did a transvaginal ultrasound. We did some blood work. Just the transvaginal ultrasound alone, which had never been done in all of those years. And at this point, I'm already in my early 20s. She was like, yeah, I don't know why we didn't think to do that before. You're right. And then, you know, you do have PCOS. The lab work came back to confirm all that as well. And I said, so now what? And she said, gee, you know, we don't really have any cure for this, but what we can do is just medicate you as your symptoms continue to progress and develop. And I said, okay, and what, what kinds of things are going to come down the pike if, I mean, this is already pretty bad. What else is going to happen? And, you know, she's like, oh yeah, you know, the obesity is probably going to lead to diabetes. Um, You're going to have greater risk for heart disease and cancer. The mood issues might get progressively worse. And then, oh yeah, you may never be able to have a child on your own. And if you do IVF type stuff, that might work. It might not. Whoa, this is a lot to be thrown at you in your early 20s. It was a lot. And I remember that moment like, you know, I think we all have moments in life that are like crystal clear in our memories. And I just remember being in that room, sitting in that chair, having this conversation. And my body, you know, my mind was freaking out. And then my body just like said, nope that is not your future. And I just opened my mouth and I repeated that. <laughs> and before I knew it, I was like sort of speaking. My body was speaking through me. I don't know how else to express it, except that's what the experience was. It was like, that's not my future. I'm going to go figure this out. And she's like, well, you know, I'm always here. If you ever want to start the pill, like, you know, basically like, okay, well, I'll, I'll be waiting <laughs> when you give up. And I surely did not give up and uh, was really amazed at what my research uncovered in terms of what's possible with the endocrine system and manipulating the glands of the endocrine system with food and micronutrients, aka supplements. I would say within a year and a half of that moment, I was, you know, recovered in the sense that I had dropped 50 pounds. I had restored my cycle. I had cleared my skin. My anxiety and depression were gone. And this was a year and a half of a lot of trial and error as I was creating the protocol that is now the basis of the work that we do at Flow Living, and that's in Woman Code. But it was remarkable and life-changing to have lived that experience where you get one prognosis, and then, of course, you take matters into your own hands and you transform it with some good old-fashioned hard work. So once I figured out what was really needed, what information and education we all need as women in order to be able to take care of these very elegant and complex systems that we have as females. I just felt like I wanted to build something that would take care of women like me who were being ignored in the medical community with these chronic, invisible menstrual health issues. And so I did that. I built that. It's here. And it's the first of its kind in, in women's history. 
frankly, that we have something that's global, that's virtual, that's accessible, that's affordable to women everywhere. And I just, I'm so proud that that exists, you know, not only as somebody who's had issues like this, but also as a feminist, you know, it's just uh, a great joy to have brought something like this into the world. Honestly, it's just so incredible hearing the story. I know that I heard it when we did this event together and, you know, working together years ago, but it's really just so special to know that you did this work for yourself and then realized there were people out there that needed this too. So clearly you've got the researcher in you and obviously you were interested in getting into becoming a doctor, but were you having conversations with other women, either friends or just strangers online no. These topics? No. <laughs> you know, you have to remember, I've been doing this for 20 years. When I got started, there was no internet. There was no social media. There were no podcasts. There was no Instagram. There was no, there was just bare bones. Like Amazon was not even a household name when I got started. I remember, you know, like people were walking around with Palm Pilots and like it was then. It was like the end of the analog era. <laughs> You know, um, that's so crazy. To think so, about. crazy. So, yeah, no, I didn't do this. I wasn't encouraged in that way by like knowing for certain that there were other women like me, but I knew from my research statistically the kinds of numbers of women that were being affected by these conditions. You know, like one in 10 women suffer from endometriosis, one in eight women suffer from PCOS, one out of two women at some point experience a thyroid issue in their lifetime, et cetera, et cetera. One in eight couples experiences infertility. So just again, as a, as a researcher, as a scientist, I said, okay, that's enough for me. And I, having lived through this, if anybody else is going through this, I want to help because this is unnecessary to go through this. It's a factor of not receiving a proper education about our bodies and not knowing actually how to support them in the correct way for our biology that is making us unnecessarily sick with hormonal issues that can be easily resolved without, for the most part, and some cases are extreme, but for the most part, without the interference of medication. And that is something that women need today, but we also need that for our future generations. I'm very well aware that there's always a next crop of girls about to go through puberty. And I want a future where girls are raised with a completely different narrative about what their bodies uh, are capable of, right? So for example, the cultural narrative we all grow up with and then have to grow out of is the following, which is that you get the short end of the biological stick as a female. Um, you then, right at puberty, you know, the curse gets activated. Suffering is part of your life as a woman and there's nothing to be done with it. And you have to accept this fate and it just gets progressively worse. The pain of childbirth, then menopause, you dry up and you're useless and all this rhetoric, right? And then like maybe someday somebody can rip out your uterus and end your suffering and a hysterectomy and that's your life. This is the cultural narrative. I'm sharing it in an extreme fashion to illustrate the fact that this is not biologically based on any actual science. It is totally toxic and it holds women back from taking care of themselves, right? Because if you believe that you're supposed to be in pain and suffer in silence, if that's been drilled into you from day one, once your pain starts, you don't say, oh, gee, something's wrong. What should I do to fix it? You say, oh, right on time, 
I'll just suck it up in silence, right? So I'd love to see a generation of girls. You know, I have a daughter. She's five. You better believe uh, we have a whole different cultural narrative going on here (laughs) at Mama Flo's house. (laughs) What does that mean? What does that look like? So it starts very basic and in age-appropriate ways. So right now, it's just about body awareness, meaning body sensation awareness, whether that be her feelings, how is she feeling? Where do those feelings exist in her body? Like if she's happy, where is the happy feeling? You know, what is her stomach saying when she's eating the food? Is it full? Sometimes we do a thing of, are your eyes more interested in the food? Is your tongue more interested in the food? Or is your stomach really needing the food? Like what is going on there, right? Just to help her break down and slow down her experience of her physical self. Um, she knows how to look at her poop and decide if she's dehydrated or fully hydrated. So like these basic things, or she knows if she gets a cold, we medicate with food. All of this stuff is just the basic. And then uh, as she sort of reaches another age let's say cliff of like eight, nine, 10, then we'll be starting to have a conversation about biological rhythms and what that means. And, and then puberty will be a whole other set of conversations. I know for certain that setting her up in this way will do a couple of things. One, she will walk around understanding her operating system, truly. Two, she will be empowered to be in a compassionate and responsive relationship with her body. Like if her body is feeling a certain way, she'll know that she should do something and she'll know what to do, right? And then she'll be understanding that she's equally powerful, equally capable, creative force of nature, right? And like there won't be any of this other stuff running through her psychological development, you know, all the stuff that we've been exposed to. I mean, I don't even, I mean, I know this sounds a little extreme, but like I'm pretty specific about not reading certain fairy tales because they're pretty sexist. And, uh, and I don't want her walking around with these stories that then become part of her psychological expectation of life. So I'm very, very cautious about this kind of stuff. What we program our daughters with is something I care deeply about. And my part with Flow Living is just educating the moms and the young women so that they then know maybe how to have this trickle down effect when they become moms themselves. That's incredible. And I think it's so, so important that you're empowering her and providing her with the tools and knowledge of what it is that you do and how it could benefit her even at such a young age. I think a lot of people can really learn from that. You've mentioned woman code several times. So I want to make sure we tackle that a little bit. That was like a really huge moment, I'm sure, in your life of this book coming out, it really taking off and getting a real response from women all over the world to this book and you putting out this content. Why do you think that is? And what was the goal in putting it out there? Well, I mean, having just written my second book, what I can tell you is that I needed to write that book. It needed to come out of me in the sense that I was so ripe with that the words that are on those pages, like it just wrote itself. You know, I had been having that conversation with my clients in my practice for a decade. It was something that I was saying over and over and over again to everybody. So I just knew that there was a lot that I wanted to put down into a book format. And I think having just written my second book as well, it's the same experience for me that 
when I'm really ripe with a particular conversation, that's when it, it turns into a book. So that's sort of how it came to be. And I, I have to admit, I was very, I felt very vulnerable publishing that woman code the first time I remember <laughs> turning in those pages. And like, that was it. Like now the publisher had them and they were going to print it. <laughs> and out of your hands. I remember being terrified because again, this book was published before wellness was the industry that it is today. This book was published before, you know, thinks and the, you know, like the period product revolution had happened. I constantly was getting looked at like I had three heads, just even talking about the idea that you could reverse menstrual symptoms with a natural food and supplement-based approach by just about everybody. But my experience of, of working with women in my practice um, for a decade and myself was that, you know, this is the way forward for us and this is real. So plus it's all, you know, research backed. So I've since appreciated that sometimes when you're a pioneer doing something, blazing a trail, and I don't mean that from an egotistical point of view, but when you're doing something that's new, um, at first people might not understand it, but then what I have seen from the women who have read the book is like, it felt to them, and this is what they've shared with me, like rain in the desert, you know, if I could boil it down to one phrase that I hear the most is, I wish I had learned about this sooner. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P, an online counseling service that matches you with a licensed professional therapist. No matter where you are in the world, BetterHelp lets you schedule video and phone sessions with your therapist or even text them. Not only is it convenient, but it's also affordable. BetterHelp's therapists specialize in many different issues from depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, self-esteem, and more. I've talked with many guests about the importance of therapy, and it's something I believe everyone can benefit from. It's so valuable to be able to talk to someone with an informed outsider's perspective. With BetterHelp, you can have these conversations at your own pace through a secure online platform, and with a counselor you love and who gets you. It's not self-help, it's BetterHelp. Made Visible listeners can get 10% off their first month of BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com backslash madevisible. That's betterhelp.com slash madevisible. And now, back to the show. I wish I had known about this sooner. I wish I could have gotten that decade or two decades back in my life and not have had to have all this pain and suffering because it really is unnecessary. And so, yeah, it just warms my heart. It's, um, you know, I get emails and Instagram messages all the time of women who read the book and get their health on track, or they finally are able to get pregnant. They're a mom because of, you know, my work. And it's just like, what a gift to be able to be in service in this way. And it's just, yeah. I love my work. I really do. That's so cool. I mean, it's just so special that you're able to do that and that you do love doing what you're doing. But to get the response that you have that like, why didn't this exist sooner is such confirmation that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And the book is a bestseller. I mean, it's one of those books that just 
women buy it. They buy it for themselves. They buy it for their friends. I was really surprised a couple months ago, Frida Pinto, who um, was like the lead actress in Slumdog Millionaire, she was interviewed by the New Yorker, the New York Post, I can't remember. And they asked her like what her favorite things are. And the first thing that she said was woman code. And then I oh my gosh, I buy it for all my friends. And like, there's a picture of her on the internet. It's like her head and like strips of woman code floating behind her. And I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) So, so you know, it's a good feeling to know that we're changing the way women feel about their hormones and the way that they can take care of themselves. And we're empowering them through the work that I'm doing and that we're doing at Flow Living, whether it be with our books or the app or this next book that I have coming out or our online programs, our supplements. I mean, the whole basis of the company is whatever it is that women need to make getting healthier easier from a hormonal point of view, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm building. And what is the concept of this new book that will be out by the time that this episode airs so people can oh, yes. purchase it? So exciting. So Woman Code is a book like if you've got PCOS or fibroids or endometriosis or PMDD or just bad PMS or your hormones are just driving you crazy, Woman Code, that is the book that has the flow protocol that helped me restore my endocrine function and all of our clients at Flow Living. So that is the book for you. This next book is called In the Flow. This book is introducing the wellness world and women to a biological rhythm that has never been heard of before. So we all know the circadian rhythm, right? We know that being mindful of supporting our circadian rhythm is now more important than ever and prevents disease, et cetera, right? So we all maybe wear our blue light blocking glasses, or at least we know that we should, right? So we know that that's so important. And what this next book, In the Flow, is revealing to the world is the infradian rhythm. And this infradian rhythm is equally, if not more important than the circadian rhythm for women in their reproductive years. Women only have an infradian rhythm, so it's special to us. We are special because of it. And it affects six systems of the body the brain, the immune system, the metabolism, the stress response system, the microbiome, and the reproductive system. And so I teach you in this book what it is, how the infradian rhythm affects these systems of the body. And then I go into great detail on how you can support your infradian rhythm with a, uh, well, I won't even call it a diet because it's like the title of the chapter that describes the food part is called Never Diet Again. So I hope that <laughs> explains to you kind of in a quick moment what this is really about. Love that. And another thing that I do in the book is reveal the gender bias in medical, fitness, and nutrition research. So essentially, medical, fitness, and nutrition research ignores this biological rhythm for women. They do not include women in their reproductive years in their studies. So any diet you hear of, any fitness plan you hear of, like, oh, intermittent fasting is going to make everything better. High-intensity interval training is the only way to work out. And you have to do a power morning to be healthy and successful in your life. Get up at 5 a.m., da 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 All of that is based on male hormonal biological rhythm preferences and actually is contraindicated for us women in our reproductive years. And this book goes into great detail in explaining 
why it's just so important that we know that and what actually, if all these diets and fitness trends are only good for men and postmenopausal women, which they are, what do we do? And I have the answer, of course, in this book, there's a way to eat, there's a right way to exercise, like there's a right way to leverage this infradian rhythm to your advantage to make life less stressful when it comes to work relationships and motherhood. So you get more of what you want in those areas of your life too. I believe in the flow. Um, I hope that it will change the cultural narrative about how we are equal and different biological creatures as men and women, however you identify. But if you are operating with female hormonal biochemistry and this hormonal biological rhythm is part of your life, that you have to know how it works and support it. And I'm just so excited about what that might mean in terms of how we view ourselves as women. Amazing. Can't wait to check out this book. There's a question that I have for you, which is there's a lot of conversation around invisible illness, and we talk about it a lot on the show. And there's not one size fits all in a lot of things that relate to invisible illness. There's not one treatment that works for everybody with the same condition. How does that play into your protocol, your non-diet, but recommendation for, you know, food and lifestyle, how does that play into this? Because I can't imagine that every single thing that you say is beneficial to every single woman on the planet. Interesting. I mean, so that's just the interesting part about what I uncovered in my research is that actually um, it is beneficial to every single person and why. When we look at the flow protocol, the flow protocol is not about fixing a condition or addressing a symptom. The flow protocol is about supporting endocrine function. And the endocrine system operates in a very specific way. And that is the same with everyone. The endocrine system, is its job is to safeguard the transport of glucose to the brain, the heart, and the muscle tissue. And then, of course, it uses the language, the chemical language of hormones to communicate amongst itself, the glands and organs that make up the endocrine system. So if you want to, let's say, get rid of acne or get your period to function better, to shrink fibroids, to reduce endometriosis, inflammation, you can't do anything really to do that sort of, let's say, straight on, right? You can't take a supplement that's going to fix your endometriosis. So even thinking that way or going down that sort of more conventional medical model of attacking the symptom is illogical when you look at it from the vantage point of the endocrine system. So what we know is that if you want to get the endocrine system supported in such a way that it can restore its own homeostasis, because there's no way that you could do all the complex balancing act that the endocrine system is doing with the chemical conversations of hormones, there's no way for you to intercept that and intervene in a way that's going to make a difference. But what you can do is get out of its way and give it the building blocks it needs to do its job that is brilliant by design. And that is universally beneficial to women and to men too, but we're talking about women today. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you can do it in the correct order, the endocrine system will flourish. So that in Woman Code is outlined which steps, when, how to do it. And this is absolutely universally applicable. And what ends up happening is regardless of your 
unique set of genetic factors that have contributed to your propensity to develop fi- like for example why do i have pcos but not and someone else has fibroids or endometriosis functionally the root cause of that is very similar amongst all of us right it's all about inflammation blood sugar disruption endocrine disruptive exposure right but why are we all different because of our sort of genetic predispositions What's amazing when you support the endocrine system at its root cause is that regardless of our genetic differences, our bodies, again, start to seek that homeostasis, get balanced on their own, and resolve these symptoms that are unique to us. So even though we are bio-individual, because we share the same human biochemistry, that approach works really well for most people. I hope that makes sense. That does make sense. And it really helps clarify because it is something to question. I mean, I think, you know, to my point in asking that question, most people on the show and a lot of people that I've talked to, it's like, there's no one size fits all with so much of this. And here you're saying that's the difference between this and so many other protocols out there. And I think too, when I look at the kind of education that I think is missing for women around how our operating system works... If we knew this from the beginning, like if you understood how your endocrine system worked, if you understood how your infradian biological rhythm worked and what its requirements are to function properly, I don't think we would be seeing the epidemic that we are seeing with hormonal issues and invisible illnesses that we are currently experiencing. I mean, what kind of education are we given, Harper? We're not. I mean, I remember sex ed class. It's a joke. I you know. know. It's like, here's a tampon, here's a pad, you know, you're going to get your period, it's going to be miserable. And have a nice, like, McDay, as they say. Um, (laughs) There's no... And it's so fascinating, because we are such elegant and complex creatures as females. And there's so much that starts to happen at puberty, our inner world, our psychological world, our emotional world, our physical world, and we are completely unprepared for it. Whereas young boys, they are prepared. They are given a baseline understanding and they, they do better. What do you mean by they're given a baseline understanding? What do you feel like they're provided with? That they're we're provided not? with an understanding of sort of like their basic biological rhythm. They understand they have this testosterone surge. They have this understanding that they need to move their body they have this understanding about their sexuality. It's literally outside of them. So they can understand like, this is what happens. And then this is what happens, right? It's like a little bit more straightforward. So they understand it. And then whether it's conscious or not, one of the things that dawned on me as a a, a new connection I made through the lens of writing this next book in the flow and looking at the infradian rhythm is actually from the biological uh, rhythm point of view, the patriarchy is really simply a system that supports the male hormonal biological rhythm. And that is why also I think men tend to thrive with less of these chronic illnesses, hormonal illnesses that you know women are suffering from, because they are living in a world that is organized to optimize their hormonal biological rhythm. And for women, the way that the world is organized actually is disruptive to our biological rhythm. And that's why so many more women, we're having, again, epidemic numbers of women with hormonal problems. 
over 50% of the female population is struggling with a hormonal issue. Yeah, that's insane. And that is not the same statistic for men. You know, it's, it's the exception. So that's what I mean. I think we need a, a better baseline understanding of what we need and then to just start giving ourselves what we need. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, and I think the education and knowledge of your own body and your own flow is such a huge priority these days for women. So I wonder, you created the MyFlow Period app, and there are many period tracking apps. What's unique about this app? And why is it so important for women to do this, whether they're currently looking to get pregnant or not? I built this app because women were asking me to do it. And I didn't want to build just another period tracker because there are plenty and that technology is perfectly fine. But as I was digging into it, just for the period tracking part, I found it pretty interesting to see that many period trackers were built by men. And you could tell because like during ovulation, there'd be like a little symbol of like lipstick or high heel indicating that like this was your peak fertility or sexual attractiveness day from the vantage point of a man, because I guess that's what they were, you know, so I found that particularly like mm, displeasing. And then it was just kind of like, then you'd get these warnings, like, oh, you're about to feel really bad. Like your period's coming, brace yourself. And I was like, oh my God, this is so, you know, it's just, it's just perpetuating this cultural narrative about the, you know, the misery that is being female. And that is just not how it's supposed to be. You're not designed to suffer. In fact, cramps are a nutritional imbalance of eating the wrong kinds of fats that jack up the production of a particular prostaglandin that makes your uterus contract more aggressively. If you change the fats that you're eating, you make more of the prostaglandins that create uterine relaxation. You're not designed to have cramps. You have twice as many uterine relaxation prostaglandins as you have uterine contraction prostaglandins. So this whole mythology is toxic and it's a lie. It's just a flat out lie that I don't know what purpose, you know, or if it was on purpose, but it serves a purpose that I don't like, which is to keep women sick and and not like taking over the world, frankly. Um, <laughs> so... Um, So anyway, I wanted to build an app that certainly when we talk about tracking our period was very empowering. So the app, the MyFlow app is the only app that tells you as you're tracking your symptoms, why from a functional medical point of view, why you're having them. Why is it that you have a breakout on ovulation? And how is that different from a breakout right before your period? Well, the app will tell you and it will also tell you what to eat to start to clear that up. It'll tell you which exercises you should be doing. It, it goes really in depth into leveraging this infradian rhythm and it puts it right at your fingertips so you don't have to become an expert on it like me. You can just like follow your cycle and then it tells you exactly what to do in real time. I love that. I'm going to be downloading it right after we get off this call. <laughs> it's myflowtracker.com. This is such important information for women to be more aware of their hormones and their period and bodies in general, whether they're living with an invisible illness or not. How can they learn more about you and your two books? You can learn 
more about me at flowliving.com, of course, and not really about me. You can learn more about you at flowliving.com and whatever condition you're going through from a hormonal point of view, you can search our blog for absolutely everything and anything you could think of. I would highly recommend that you subscribe to our newsletter. It reaches, you know, half a million women weekly, and it's something that is information that you really need that you're not getting anywhere else. So I would recommend that you sign up for that. You can do that on the homepage of flowliving.com. You can download the app at myflowtracker.com. You can keep on top of any sort of thoughts that we're having and want to share on Instagram and Facebook, which is all at flowliving.com. I also have a personal Instagram you can follow, alisa.vidi. And then Woman Code, you can pick up on Amazon. In the flow, you should, because you're a special guest of Harper's on her podcast, you should go to intheflowbook.com and get all the free bonuses with purchase of the book and take advantage of all of that. So in the flow, and that's flow without a W, of course, intheflowbook.com. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and giving some space for women who are suffering from these invisible hormonal issues to know that they're not alone, but also that there's so much that they can do to start to feel better. Thanks for tuning in to Made Visible. We hope you learned about something new today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. We can't do any of this without your support. Visit madevisiblepodcast.com and follow Made Visible Podcast on Instagram Special thanks to the team who made this possible. Elise Bonebright, the audio editor. Gemma Leghorn, the assistant producer. Dylan Chenfeld for the intro music. And Amanda Grissio for the design.